Good morning and welcome again to Move United Church. I'm going to start off this morning by saying you might have too many clothes on. Uh, we have, I don't know about you, but sometimes <laughs> well, there's, there's just, was that good? Was it, we gonna, did I get your attention on that one? I think I actually did get your attention there. That, that Usually I don't. Usually it takes me about five minutes to get your attention. So I thought, well, we'll just do it this way. Uh, here, here's the idea. We are made to rule. And we've been talking about that uh, for several weeks now. But the idea is if we are lacking influence in our lives, it might be if we're lacking influence, we might be just wearing too many clothes. We might have too many layers on. We might need something else going on. Where in the world is he going with this? Uh, We have been in a series called Dominion. And we've been talking about this idea over the past several weeks, uh, basically this idea that we were made to rule. All of us, each one of us was made to rule. And the very first part of Genesis chapter one, God creates everything. And then he says to to the people uh, there who are reading, here's what I've created. Now I'm going to create people. You've got two commandments, be fruitful and multiply. That's the first one. And then have dominion. Be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. And we've been pretty good at the first one. (laughs) We've we've filled the earth. We've been fruitful. But I'm thinking that that second commandment is the one that we're needing a little bit of help on. So we've been talking about this idea that we were actually made to have dominion. Last week, we talked about the idea that if you want to lead it, you have to love it. That's what we were talking about, that in order to lead something, you actually have to have love for it. And many times, if we don't have influence in an area... It's probably because we don't love that area. If we don't have a, an influence over a group of people, it might be because we actually don't love that group of people all that much. We might fight them. We might try to uh, win a battle against them. But until we love them, we won't actually have very much influence over them. But here's the issue. What is it? If you, you want to lead it, you have to love it. Yeah, but what's it? A lot of us actually aren't really clear on what it is we're supposed to be having dominion over. It's really great to have the idea that I was made to rule, that you know God created us and said, you know, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion. Uh, dominion over exactly what? This is part of the problem with this idea of having dominion is you have to figure out what it is we're supposed to be having dominion over. And some of us don't actually want to know. Some of us don't really want to know, because here's why, because we're not exactly sure that if we did know that we would be up to the task. So it's much better to just talk about ideas. It's much better to just say, oh yes, I was made to rule. That feels good. If I want to lead it, I have to love it. Yes, I got to love, love. This is all very abstract, right? But what happens when we have to try to figure out what area we're actually supposed to have dominion in, then some of us may not actually want to know that because I'm not exactly sure if I'm up to it. I don't know if I have the equipment, the skills that I need to really have dominion and influence in that particular area. But here's the problem. If we don't find out what it is we're supposed to be ruling over, if we don't find out the area of our dominion, if we don't know our domain, then the world doesn't change. And we will keep coming back in here and hearing really interesting sermons that start off with the idea that you're wearing too many clothes. And then you'll walk out of here and then you're saying, yes, but, but the world won't ever change. I am interested in actually seeing change in the world. 
But in order to do that, we're going to have to carve out a niche in which we have domain, in which we know this is where I'm called, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and this is where my dominion actually is. Now, here's the deal. You are not alone. If you are feeling that, if you're sort of feeling like, I'm not exactly sure what, what my domain is, and I'm not exactly sure if, if I want to find out because I'm not exactly sure if I did find out that I would have it in me to actually have influence in that area. If you're feeling any of that, you are in good company. You are not alone. In fact, you are so not alone that we have scriptures just for this because God knew that we would feel like that I'm not exactly sure about this and lack some confidence in it. So this morning, we are going to be looking at these particular passages to help us out. Let's start then with where we can get this help. If you would like to follow along, Please raise your hands. We have ushers who would love to bring Bibles. We are going to be in Genesis chapter 2. We're actually moving on from Genesis chapter 1. A couple of weeks we've been in Genesis chapter 1. So now we're moving on to Genesis chapter 2. And we are going to read just these uh, three passages here, starting in chapter 2. We're going to be starting in verse 4, and we'll read down through verse 9. This will be on page 2 in the Bibles that we are handing out this morning. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God had made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was ever yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So now what's interesting about this particular story is, this is a different creation account than we get in chapter one. And we know that because number one, it starts off a little, a little bit differently. It says, you know, none of this stuff was made and now we're going to make a human being and put them in this place. But another thing that's interesting about this story is there's a different word for God in this particular, in chapter two. If you look in chapter one, if you go back just a page at the very beginning, it says in the beginning, God created that word for God, and then the word we get here in this, which is the Lord God, is actually a different Hebrew term. This chapter two story, we think, is a little bit older than the story we get in chapter one. Isn't that interesting that the, the, this one is just a little bit older? Now, does that mean there's a contradiction? I don't think there's any contradiction at all. I think there's two different people, two different authors telling us the same story. How many of you know if you've ever listened to any two people tell they were in the same event, maybe they were in a car wreck or they went to a party or it could be anything and they tell the story a little bit differently. doesn't mean they're contradictory. It just means that you got two different stories there. And we happen to have two different stories here about the creation. So what do we learn in this story? When there was no plant, there was no field, God caused it, there was no rain yet, there was just mist, the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, breathed in the breath of life, and then put this person in a garden, in the Garden of Eden. There's in, this, in this place called Eden, there was this garden. 
And God then said, uh, this is good for food. Here, you should eat this and, and then make sure to stay away from this particular thing. What are we learning in this particular passage is that if I want to have dominion, I have to have a domain. The Lord had created the entire world. But notice when God created the first human being, God didn't say, okay, now walk wherever you want. Just walk around, find a good place that you like, set up camp, and you can be there. That's not how the story goes. God creates this person and then makes a garden, sets a certain place for this person to be in. And Adam, this, we find out that this is the, the word for this particular uh, person here. Adam, it just means the man, or actually in Hebrew, it's the dirt man. I love that. My name means dirt guy, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> good one there. I like that one. Actually, I, might, I like my name. So, it uh, means dirt, dirt, dirt guy. So, dirt guy is, is placed in this particular garden, and this is the area in which he, at this point, is going to thrive. And I'm wondering, for some of us, If we're not thriving, if we're not finding our full influence, if we've not come into our full dominion, I'm wondering if it's because we've not actually identified what our particular domain is. Maybe you were made to be in this particular garden, but you are somewhere else. And if you're removed from where you are best able to operate, you will not be able to have your full domain. And so the goal for you is starting to think, am I in the place where I am able to thrive best? Now, I don't know about you, but I often have the temptation that if things aren't going well in my life, it's just because I'm out of place. It's just maybe I need to move. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. Maybe I need to get out of here and move on to something else. I mean, have you ever had that temptation? Yeah, it's just like I always want to move. Here's the thing. It might be that you're in exactly the right place but you just simply haven't identified your domain in that area. Notice the garden was in Eden. The, the Eden wasn't the entire garden. The garden was in Eden. And it might be you're already in the Eden where you need to be. You just need to identify the garden. If you're having a lack of influence, if you're not able to push forward in your domain, it might be because you haven't yet identified what that specific thing is. Some of you, it might be a geographic location. Some of you, it might be a job. Some of you, it might be a certain industry. It could be anything. It could be as large as music or art. It could be as small as this neighborhood or this street. Whatever your Eden is, it doesn't have to look like somebody else's. This is not about somebody else's calling. This is about your calling. Where is it? Is it a geographical location? Is it a specific organization that you're a part of? Do you know if I, if I came up and asked... Are you really clear on what your Eden is? Do you know what your domain is? I would like us as a congregation to get really good about each individual one of us would be able to say very clearly, I believe this is what my domain is. This is what my Eden is. If you don't know it yet this morning, that's okay. What we're doing is just opening up the idea that you might have a domain and it's a really good idea to figure out what it is. It will solve a lot of the issues that you're facing. I'm not saying it's going to make you feel like everything's okay because once you identify it, then there's a whole bunch of work to do in it. Don't get me wrong, but at least you know that work isn't the right area. How many of you know, have you ever had that feeling where when you finally started working in the correct area, all of a sudden things begin to change? Still hard work but you found what your domain is. The first part of this is we have to identify what our domain is. Well, that brings up a question though. Uh, Yeah, how how do I carve it out though? 
How, how do I actually carve out what that domain is? Thankfully, we get this next passage in verses 10 through 17. Let's take a look. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first one was Pishon. It is the one that uh, flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it of it, you shall surely die. So what we have here in this passage are the boundaries of this particular garden. There are four rivers, and those rivers give us the boundary of where this is. And then, actually inside the domain, there are given a couple of trees, and there are rules about the trees, and there's a tree that we're not supposed to eat. Now, this can all – how many of you have ever read – you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have read this, and you just feel like these stories are about somebody else? This is somebody else's story. And what I want us to get really good at, and myself really good at, is when I read this, is starting to ask the question, how is this my story? Every time we read this, how is this my story? Where are my four rivers? What are the boundaries on where I don't cross over? Where in my domain, do I know where the boundaries of my domain are? Do I know where my four rivers are? Have I identified them? Could I tell you what their names are? In other words, we sort of get an idea. Well, the garden, you know, you kind of go out that way, and especially if you live in a rural area. You know, you go down past the third stump, and then on over the hill, and then, right, and it's sort of, you know, no, 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 tell me where the river is. Give me the boundary line, right? And these trees that are in this garden, we're all, all like, what, what, what does it mean? Which one, the tree, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and what does that mean? What's that supposed to mean? Okay, how about we just start with the idea that there's trees we're not supposed to eat of in our garden, that there are things in your domain that are not for you, you to touch, what am I saying? Carving out a domain means placing boundaries and where, where I go and what I do. We have to get really good. If we want influence, if we want to rule, we have to get really good at saying, I am not going to spend time in this area. Why? Because if I spend time over here, I don't have what I need to work here. If I get beyond this river or this river or this river or the one that's behind, if I spend time over there, then I, it is actually bleeding my attention out in that area and I'm not able to concentrate what I'm supposed to be doing in this garden. Some of us have, we know what our domain is. You might get to the place where you know the domain, you know where the rivers are, but you're all the time taking excursions across to something else. Do you know what I'm saying? There's something else that you're in and you get interested in this and you get interested in this and you get interested in this and there's 50 things you're interested in and you wonder why you're not having an impact in any one of them. It's because there's not enough concentration of your time, energy, effort for you to actually make an impact in that particular area. This story is saying if we're supposed to have domain, if, uh, dominion, if we're supposed to know what our domain is, we have to carve it out and put the boundaries up. How many of you know that the world loves for you to actually tear your boundaries down and to pull you into some other area where somebody else is in charge? How many of you have spent most of your time because somebody else will say, oh, don't look at that river there. I'll bit a bridge here. And we like bridges. You can come over and spend over time over here in my dominion where somebody else is in charge. 
And then you wonder, well, I'm so tired. And you go back to your garden and you're like, man, I'm just so tired. I don't have any time or energy for anything else. Why? Because you spent all your time somewhere else. And you've not put boundaries on where you go. And the second one is putting boundaries on what you do. There were trees in this garden that were not to be touched. Now, we'll find out in, later in the story what the trees are about. That's not the point right now. The point is just to recognize even within your own domain. This is the big one because we think, oh, you mean once I get my domain, I can do anything I want here. I won't go over there, but I can do anything I want here. No, you can't. Not if you want to have influence, not if you want to have dominion, not if you actually want to be in charge and rule and reign in that area. There are things in your dominion that are off limits. Do you know what they are? Can you tell me what the boundaries are on your behaviors? Are they very clear? It was very clear. There's a couple of trees. Don't eat those, right? I mean, this is, this is like easy stuff here. I'm going to point to the trees and tell you not to eat those trees. If I ask about your dominion, do you know where the boundaries are geographically? Do you know I don't, I don't spend my time in that area? I spend my time here. And when I'm here, I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. Until we get that kind of clarity, we're not going to be able to rule and reign in the world. Are you with me? Now, some of you are like, well, what? but again, what is my domain? I don't know what your domain is. It could be anything. It could, it could be artistic. It could be academic. It could be business. It could be money. It could be uh, pol- politics. It could be, there's a million things. You have to, this is why you have to get good at knowing where your rivers are. Where's your Tigris? Where's your Euphrates? Where is that thing? Where's the boundary where you don't go? I, I have this problem when it comes to reading. If you want to become an expert in something, you have to say, you have to read a lot. First of all, you just have to read a lot of stuff. And if you read a lot of stuff, you have to put a boundary on what you're not going to read. Because how many of you know, for example, I read some sociology. I've got a little bit of sociology under my belt. Okay, just a little bit. And I had to decide, I had to decide that I'm only going to read this. What does that mean? I don't read novels for several years. And I love novels. I was an undergrad English major. But I don't read novels. Does it mean that novels are bad? Absolutely not. But they're not in my domain right now. See how that works? If I asked you, what's your area of domain? Would you be able to tell me, here are my rivers. This is my boundary. Here's what I do and what I don't do. If we as people who want to expand God's kingdom, want to expand that kingdom into the realm where our domain is, we're going to have to get that clear on what our rivers are and what the tree is. Where don't I go? Where do I spend my time? What do I do? What do I don't do? And again, and I want to, I want to point this out. The biggest temptation we have is we think that once I get inside this domain, then anything I can do anything inside the domain. And this story is showing us that sometimes there are things inside the domain that you choose not to do so that you continue to have influence inside of it. And that's what this tree is about. Well, good. We know what that is. But once I establish the boundaries, what in the world do I do? Once I know where the domain is, I've established the boundaries on where it is I go and where it is I don't go and what it is I do and what it is I don't do. Then what happens next? Okay, let's read verses 18 through 24. Here's what it says. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. That's a good verse. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought uh, to them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creatures, that was its name. The man gave the names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. 
For Adam, there was found no helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with the flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is, this is at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his wife and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So here we have the story of how did we get Man and woman. How do we get this, this binary that we have that we tend to see in our world? And it says that man was made first and then woman was taken out and woman is a helper. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, no, now come on now. We're United Church of Christ. Do we do so, still do that stuff? How do we talk about this? Okay, here's the deal. The word helper, for, for example, is it actually an exalted position. How do I know that? In, in the New Testament, when it's, when it's trying to talk about the Holy Spirit, so we're talking about God, we're talking about the Trinity, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Apostle Paul, of all people, <laughs> okay, caused the Holy Spirit parakletos, and the Greek term means one called alongside to help, okay? So what are we saying here? To be called alongside of someone to help is an exalted position, which means somebody can't do this by themselves. Somebody is incomplete. Somebody is not able to do it. Might think that they're right there supposed to be doing everything, but they are incomplete and must have the presence coming alongside to, to, to do this thing that's being done at these people in the garden. And that's actually how the Holy Spirit is talked about. So when you talk about God Almighty, the Holy Spirit who empowers us, gives us gifts, redeems us, that's the kind of language we use for the Holy Spirit. So let me just be real clear that this example of the man and woman is no kind of hierarchy that we have going on at this point. Are we, are we good and clear on that? That's not what's being said in this story. So you have the man and the woman together, and you've got this person who's pulled out of the side and, and working together. That's the whole point here is working together in this particular domain. So what do we have? Having a domain requires working with others. You cannot have dominion by yourself. It just absolutely doesn't work. Some of us are like solopreneurs, right? We, our lives are just kind of like by ourselves. We can, we can do our own work. I don't need anybody else. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> but some of you are like this. You're like, I don't need help. Stop trying to help me. I can do this on my own, right? Actually, no, we can't. That's what this whole story is about. We actually can't do this alone. Faith and specifically Christianity is a team sport. You can believe in Jesus by yourself, but you can't be a Christian by yourself, what do I mean by that? To follow the faith means coming into communion with other people. Why, why is the thing that we're going to meal in a minute? It's not called meal, right? It's not called get a snack. It's not called put something in your stomach. It's called communion, togetherness. And so coming on a Sunday morning and being a part of this congregation is, is more beneficial than we think just for getting in a room with other people. We actually are learning how to have dominion with other people because we need help. We cannot do this by ourselves. If you think that you can rule and reign in an area without anybody else, you will have a very, very tiny Eden. Your garden will be like a square foot this way, right? And th th that will be it. If you want to expand your imprint on the world, you're going to have to start working with other people. You have to get with other people who have that same domain first, 
and you team up with them. And then eventually, as you build that team, you start finding other people who have domain in other areas, and then you start connecting with them. So for example, let's say you're in the world of politics, and that's where your domain is. You might need to get some with some people who are in the domain of finance. Right to, to figure out how we're going to do that. Let's let's say that you're working in the area of poverty, and you might want to get with somebody who's in the domain of business. Why? Because we need some jobs in this area. We can campaign all we want. We can ask the government for all we want. You know, it's really going to begin helping in this area is if we get jobs for people who can work. This is what we need. Are there going to be people who can't work? We need to take care of them. Yes, but I'm telling you, a lot of what we need. The problem is we haven't gotten the business people together with the politics people so that we can come together and start creating opportunities. This would be huge. You see how you have to begin building coalitions of people who have domains in different areas. Is this just, just way too, are we, are we like up? Are we good? Are we, are you, are you tracking with me? Okay. This is, I mean, this is powerful. What we're seeing, this is the second chapter of the Bible. I'm thinking, what if we like, here's the thing. We have read the Bible, not having gotten this. The Bible would be a completely different book and story if we started off with this idea. Oh, you mean the whole point of what comes everything after this is about me learning to have domain in this area, to have influence, to obey God who told me to exert dominion in this world and reflect God's image. You mean everything that comes after this is about that story? Yes, that would change everything. We would begin to see everything that happens in chapter three and all the way through to Revelation is a completely different story. It's about how, how did we lose our domain and how are we going to get it back? How, do, how What is the story of reclaiming our domain in this world? That would change everything. So when you talk about, is this book about salvation? Yes. What is being saved? Is it just individual souls? Is it, is it a get out of jail card free? Is, is that like what we're supposed to do? Or is this really about, no, Jesus is restoring us to our dominion in this world. And Jesus rescues us from the ways that we've messed it up. This is what it means for Jesus to be a savior. It doesn't mean that I just sit there and pray a little prayer and all of a sudden Jesus zaps me with Holy Ghost juice and then all of a sudden I get to go to heaven when I die. That's not how it works. Jesus saves us by rescuing us from our view that has been distorted on what it means to rule and reign in this world. Jesus gives us an example of exactly what it looks like and it rescues us by not rescuing us. What does Jesus do? He comes here, he teaches all this great stuff, and then he goes, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to let them kill me. I'm going to die. Saviors don't die. I don't know if you know this, but this is not how, if you're writing a movie, this is not how you want this to end, right? This is why Joseph Campbell, does anybody know who Joseph Campbell is? He's a guy who talked about mythology, and he talks about the hero's journey. And so, for example, the example of a hero's journey that we might give is someone like Luke Skywalker, who grows up on a little planet and doesn't know, you know, he gets called into the battle, but doesn't know if he can do it. So he has to go to Yoda, and he has this, you know, the, the wizard teaches him, and then he gets a, a power, and then he's, he, he's put in this situation where he has to save the day. This is the hero's journey. Then he returns back. This The hero's journey. And Joseph Campbell didn't really like the Jesus story. I don't know if you know this. He's like, no, that's not, that's not a real good story because I mean, he comes here and then he dies. And then that's, you know, like, man, that's not the story that you're looking for, right? These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> like I want a savior who comes back and like, you know, kicks some rear end right here. And then he dies. Why does Jesus die? 
maybe Jesus is trying to save us from a need of a savior. Jesus is saving us. Don't get me wrong. I believe that Jesus is our savior. Absolutely. I have absolute faith in Jesus is our savior because he saves me from thinking that anybody is going to come and do my work. What Jesus is going to do is give me an example of what it means to live and then empower me, sending the Holy Spirit to empower me so that I'm able to exert my dominion. Jesus is not going to exert your dominion and Jesus is not going to exert my dominion. Jesus comes and is killed by the system, showing you that you don't need and I don't need the kind of savior we think that we need, who's going to rescue us and take us out of this problem. Not going to happen. It's just that the death doesn't get to win and he's resurrected. And and it says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will make alive your mortal bodies. This is the point. Jesus is a savior like no other because Jesus is trying to save you from your need of a savior. How do I know that? Because we're given these first two chapters to tell us we're supposed to have dominion. We're supposed to have dominion. We're supposed to know what our Eden is. We're supposed to know where our rivers are. These are the trees that I eat, and these are the trees I don't eat. And once I know that, I have to get a team. I have to work with other people because we've got to change this place. And we can't just sit around waiting for somebody else to come and make everything different. I'm waiting on Jesus, and Jesus is waiting on me. So I've given you everything you needed. 2,000 years, you've had the Holy Spirit. It's time to step out. How about that song this morning? Did you like that one, by the way? That was a brand new composition by our team. Isn't that good stuff? Yes. Now, how do I know? How do I know? What is the key that tells me when I finally figured it out? I know what the principles are. You have to understand I have a domain. I have to put the boundaries on it, on where I go and what I do, and I have to form a team. But how do I know when it, I'm, I've actually arrived? Here's one last verse. Verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. You're wearing too many clothes. You knew that was coming back, didn't you? You're wearing too many clothes. You got too many clothes on. Now, thank God this isn't a church. We're like, all right. We're gonna... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what do we mean? In this, in this garden at this, at this place, they're absolutely, they don't have any layers going on and they're, they're fully, they know where they belong. They don't have to hide anything about who they are or what they're doing. There's comfortable, there's comfort here in their domain. When you've actually found your domain, you will, there's this, you will sense this comfort that you will have, that you're not ashamed to be here. And some, the way to get you to not feel comfortable in your domain is for people to shame you. So, so if you start running into people who are saying, oh, do you really like that? Do you really want to do that? Okay. That's your key that maybe you're actually onto something. That's your key that maybe you're actually onto something because someone's trying to shame you. They don't want you to have influence. They don't want you to operate in your domain. So they will try to get you to feel like you have to cover that thing up. And here we find, actually, no, you can be in a place where you don't have any filters, you don't have any layers, and yet you have complete comfortability. And this is what you're looking for. Some of you, you're like, but I don't feel that way. I don't feel, okay, so we got to work with the feels, right? We got to work with the feels if that's, if that's the situation. And to recognize that and say, well, who's telling me that? 
Is that the Holy Spirit of God telling me that? If it's the Holy Spirit, then I need to get my tail somewhere else. You know what I'm trying to say? If God's Spirit's saying this is the wrong place for you, that this is a mismatch, I need to be able to listen and say, that's the Holy Spirit. That's a, good, that's a loving voice telling me that. Right? But if it's not a loving voice that's telling you that, if that voice isn't concerned about you and is telling you that, then you start to think, hmm, I wonder why they're telling me that. I wonder what they're trying to keep me from doing. I wonder what the fear here is that if I stepped in my, into my domain and I would actually start being able to rule and reign as God has called me to do. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So you feel it, you're able to sense it, and you're able to start arguing against it. I, I wonder if we could begin to argue with our internal dialogues. Some of us don't know how to make that argument. We're actually not really good at arguing that. We're really good at having all those voices come in, but we don't know how to stand up and say, no, I'm about to exert my domain. I'm going to, where am I going to start? With the voices inside my head. I'm going to begin to push back and listen to the Holy Spirit of God. And if I can't hear God's Holy Spirit, I'm going to find something in the scriptures that I can use to argue with that. Does that make sense? How, I mean, there are times where I have found things in the scriptures. I just feel like I'm in a desert, dry, arid land. I'm not hearing anything. I, I don't know if God exists or not. I can't feel or sense anything. I will find something in the scripture that reminds me that God is good and that God loves me. And I will hold on to that thing and I will move through. And you can actually break through and bust through those areas in that way. So find the thing. Maybe, maybe just for you, it's this, this idea of you were created to rule and reign. Maybe that, that command, that to have dominion, you just hold on to that. No, I'm supposed to have dominion. I'm going to be there. I'm going to keep doing that. So this is what we do. Naturally. My domain is where I operate most naturally. Where is it for you? Do you know where it is? Where is it that you are? It's like you were made for that thing. You were made to operate there. You are naked and unashamed. You don't have to have all the layers and all the filters. You can be who God created you to be. That's what we're looking for. And you will know that you're in your domain the more you start feeling that way, the more you start operating that way. So some of you, I'm not, not real sure. Okay, just get really good at noticing when does that happen. And if you, even if it's a little bit. So again, I, can, I know when I say things like this, people are like, well, I don't know where that is. Okay, I'm trying to give an actual plan here. Okay, just start noticing where, that, where you sense that. And just go, oh, that was, oh, I just noticed that. Maybe that's a place where this is my domain. And start moving in that area. Okay. So how, how, do we, how do we pull all this off? How do we put this into practice? What are some actual concrete, really concrete steps? Okay. Here we are. Identify where I operate most naturally. We got to get, get at finding that. Where is it for you? Do you know where you operate most naturally? If I came up to you and asked you, would you be able to say that? If the answer is no, that's not a problem. The next step is begin asking that question. Where do I feel most natural? Am I aware? Am I open? Am I aware of that? That's the first one. Then place boundaries on where I go and what I do. It means you can't say yes to everything. And I'm horrible at this. I am terrible. Some of you say yes to people. Like if people ask you to do something, then you're like, yes, I would love to do that. Yes, I would love to do that. Yes. And you didn't get anything done. Okay. I can actually say no to people fairly well. What I can't say no to is th things like books. I want to read everything. Like every word that's ever been written, I want to read. Yes. Okay. Some of us are in the room like, well, here's the problem. If I don't focus, then I don't have a domain. I know about this much about a lot of stuff and it's not a domain. And I'm not saying you can't wa read widely. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it's time to find your domain. 
That's what I'm talking about. Once you've located your domain, you can again begin to learn how other things connect to that, but we don't know that first thing. So we have to begin putting boundaries on that. Where do you go? What do you do? Connect with others who work in that same domain. We need to start finding other people. We need to have conversations in this congregation, folks. We need some congregations. Who else is interested in that thing? And within the church, it might be things like, well, we've got music and we've got social media and we've got marketing and we've got liturgy and we've got kids and we, got, we can start there. That's a good place to start. But how about what you do the rest of the world and the rest, rest of the week? Are we starting to make connections with each other? How are we going to do that? It's not going to be coming here, sit down and listen to a sermon and sing some songs. We got to get involved in teams, in groups. You got to have conversations, have lunch with people afterwards. We're going to start building those relationships in order to get this done. This is the way we, we begin. So here, that's our concrete. You want concrete steps. Here's our concrete plan for this. What if I don't do this? What if I don't do those three things? Let me guarantee what's going to happen. I will never have a domain. If we don't identify it, put boundaries on it, and build a team, we will not be exerting our influence in the world. I guarantee it. And you will walk around frustrated, wondering why you're not having an effect on anything if we don't put those three things. But what if you do put those three things into practice? What will happen? I will catapult my influence. Exponentially, your influence will begin to rise. Just those three things. If you do those three things, your influence will exponentially rise. I love this image of a catapult because I can throw something and I can have a spear or a bone arrow, but man, you ever seen a catapult? I mean, man, we are talking about lofting this thing way up in the air. It is time to radically expand your dominion. I don't want to expand your dominion a little bit. I'm actually uninterested in that. I'm not interested in you being slightly better version of yourself than when you came in here this morning. I'm not. Could care less. I want you to rule and reign in this world. I want your influence to be exponentially greater for being a part of this congregation. That's what I'm interested in. And if we're interested in anything else, we ought to go home. Right? It's either exponential or nothing. And until we get real clear on that, until we understand that this is what we're after, then everything else is just going through the motions. The rest of the Bible, and trust me, we're not going to go first by first through the rest of the Bible. Somebody's like, he's going to do that. I'm terrified because he will. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. We're going to spend, we're going to spend a little time in Genesis. Don't worry. We're going to spend a little time in Genesis, but we're going to look at some of these stories. Now this is where we're, I'm just telling you where we're headed. We're going to look at some of these old Testament stories and you're going to see them in a way you've never seen them before because we're going to come at it with this frame. We're going to come at that. This story is about regaining your dominion and we're going to see what happens to you as we go. You do not want to miss what's coming up. It's absolutely, it's, it's going to be absolutely life-changing. And it's going to be life-changing, not just for you, but for this city as well. Now, here's our big idea. To have dominion, I must identify my domain. That's it. You have to identify it. If you're going to, if you're going to walk in this, if you're going to have influence, you have to identify what that domain is. And we've given you practical steps, exactly how to do that and to begin working on it. Now, the question is for us this morning, how many of us are going to sit here and hear a nice little sermon and not think about this at all till next week, and you come back, how many of us are going to say no? This week, with those three steps, I'm going to put some time in my calendar. I'm not just going to set the intention. I'm going to put it on the calendar. Here's where I'm going to start thinking through what is my domain. I might actually even start writing it down. Some of you who really want to make change, and you, you're serious about this, you're going to begin to write it down. You're going to say, I think my domain is, you're going to put it in. 
Here are my rivers. Here are my four rivers. Here's where I know how I've, got, I've gotten a little too far that way, gotten a little too far this way. And you're going to write it down. And then you're going to start praying, Lord, help me find other people who are in this domain with me so I can begin to build a team. Show me in my own congregation who's also interested in this. And you're going to start to have conversations. Your conversation is going to change a little bit because you're going to be start talking about this thing that you're interested in. Some of you have a passion about something. And you just want, you're just like, are we ever going to do that at Move United? Maybe you've been given the passion so that we can start doing that. Right? You're going to stop relying on the leader to do everything. And you're going to say, I've got a passion for this. Maybe I'd like to start a little something here. I don't know how to do everything. I might need some help and assistance. But I'm going to start building a team and getting some other people together. Just having that conversation. Starting to move forward. Just pour on gas and light a match and watch it start. That's what we're we're going to have. So here is our declaration for this morning. It's nice, short, and sweet because we're going to just hit it. Here's what it says. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to read it together. I was made to rule, and that is why I am deciding to identify my domain, my realm of calling. I will discover where I operate most naturally. I will place boundaries on where I go and what I do, and I will join with others who share my domain. Amen. We are going to actually declare that we're going to be doing these things. We're going to declare and say out loud that this is our intention, and this is what we're setting ourselves up for this week and the coming months. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to set this intention? Let's say it together. I was made to rule, and that is why I am deciding to identify my domain, my realm of calling. I will discover where I operate most naturally. I will place boundaries on where I go and what I do, and I will join with others who share my domain. Amen. Let's pray. God, who is love, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you that you have given us a calling, and you have not just left us here. You have empowered us. You've given us the example of your son who is our savior, who rescues us from needing to be rescued. And we ask Lord, as we put our faith in you and your way, that we would be empowered by your Holy spirit to do what you've called us to do in the very beginning of your book, to have dominion in this world, to have influence, to rule and to reign. And we ask Lord, as we do this together, that we would recognize where it is that you're calling us to exert our influence. What are the rivers? Lord, we ask that you would help us to see the boundaries on our actions, what it is we're supposed to be doing and what it is we just need to let go. Lord, I pray that you would begin to help us to build teams, that we would get with other people, that we would have community and communion. We thank you for it. In your name we pray, amen. And speaking of communion, We are going to celebrate the communion meal together. We are going to say this, this congregation is the place in which we are learning together and building a team for dominion in this world. And we are not going to settle for anything less than the influence that God has called us to. And in fact, we're going to remember this Jesus who saves us. This Jesus who came, lived, and died, and was resurrected, sent us the Holy Spirit to be empowered and filled. And we're going to remember that Jesus as we've been commanded and instructed to do together. Does that sound good? So if those who are serving would come down and those who are singing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. that The Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, 
You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. God, who is love, we thank you so much for this meal. We thank you that we can be reminded and remember your sacrifice on our behalf. That you came and you wanted to do it differently. You said, Lord, if, if, if this can pass for me, if this cup can pass, then please let it pass. But the cup is the cup you needed to drink. And so you decided to do it to show us, to show us the way. And so we pray, Lord God, now that as we remember you and the sacrifice, that as we receive your salvation, Lord, that you would bless this bread and bless this cup, that we would experience your real presence in our midst this morning. We thank you so much. And we ask that you would fill us up and make this a place of communion, of of teamwork, of family, of love and connection. Lord, you are good. And this meal is good. And we thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Here's how we do this. Everybody, absolutely everyone in the room is invited. If you want to follow this Jesus, you are invited to come down and and receive this meal with us this morning. The cup is non-alcoholic. The bread is gluten-free. And uh, Usher will dismiss your aisle, and we will get started. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are love, and you show us the way. We ask, Lord, now that we have received this communion meal, that we be empowered by your Holy Spirit to move from this place walking in our calling. Help us to identify the four rivers in our lives. Help us to identify the trees, the ones that we should eat from and the ones that we should leave alone. Help us to begin building coalitions, to begin building teams, to begin building networks of people who are moving in this world to push back the darkness, to push back injustice, to push back on all the evil that would try to come in and to make us less human. And in its place, maybe begin to walk in God's kingdom, that everywhere we tread, we would be taking God's Holy Spirit. Help us to move by the promises you've given us in the scriptures and to live into the example of Jesus Christ, that we would not be ashamed of the good news that we are proclaiming, that this world can be different, that we were created to rule and reign. Help us to reclaim this calling and to never forget, Lord, that this is simply grace coming from you, that we are not working for our salvation, but we are are working from our salvation. Lord, may we begin to experience your Holy Spirit to flood our thoughts and minds our emotions and our thoughts and as we leave this place and move out into the world help us not to leave this idea behind but just to begin to put it into practice lord let this be a practical daily walk in which we see our world change because we are changed from the inside out if you want that in your life, just begin to express to the Lord that the God is good. Just allow yourself to open up a little bit. And, and maybe you might say, Lord, you are good. You are loving. You are kind. You are welcome in my life. We praise you and we worship you. We thank you for all that is going on. Just begin to sing your own song now. And you are helping us to rule and reign, Lord. Help us to be different because we this place, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And one more time, I am love. Lord, you are good and we thank you. Now we pray as we go from this place, fill our minds with your thoughts, fill our hearts with your emotions, fill our bodies with your very spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're able, please stand. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Uh, We're just getting started.
it's going to be some good stuff coming up. So move united. May you go from this place walking in your dominion. May you identify where you feel that you are called most naturally. May you put those boundaries there, deciding where you're going to go, where you're not going to go, what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And may you invite God's presence into this process, knowing that you are following Christ into having the dominion you've been given by God, God's self. Peace be with you.